I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The liberals and conservatives want to play a political game and score points. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story. We certainly get a lot of them, so let's parse through them. And for that, we got a Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Hello, Tom. <laughs> Hi, Alex. An oldie but a goodie. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So um, <laughs> the, the prime minister seems, I guess, like a little bit happier. I think that the headlines are off uh, the the news right now on all this uh, China crisis situation. I do find it interesting. You got Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino out there talking all about his uh, foreign agent, um, you know registry that he's thinking about, they're going to talk about, they were going to talk about it last year, but now they're going to talk about it this year, even though Leo Hussakis, a senator, has had one ready to go for the last year. I don't, how do people actually buy this? I don't understand uh, what, why people are falling for this. Bill has been sitting there since February uh, 2022 in the Senate, and uh, three years ago was suggested in parliamentary uh, committee hearings, uh, Alex, that's the problem. The United States did this 85 years ago. What are they, a master race? Are they really that much smarter than we are? What, what, what does their... Well, they don't have a charter to protect, Tom. We got a we got Honestly. That was the one line. I was like, oh, we're worried about the charter rights of those in China who would come and interfere with our country. Oh, they've got charter rights. Of course they do. It's an interesting story. Foreign Agents Registration Act enacted in 1938 by the United States Congress. Huge German population, Chicago, St. Louis, Milwaukee. And the uh, Congress in the day got upset because there was a lot of people writing about the fatherland and about how there was some funding going back and forth. There was a German-American bond. The Congress said, the hell with that. If you take money from foreigners, individual, corporation, or state, you report it so everyone knows that you are on the level. We want to know who's paying for the mouthpieces. Why would that be controversial almost 100 years later up here in Canada? It's bizarre. Australia did this five years uh-huh. ago. We all know. We all know why cabinets dogging it on this one. But to say, oh, well, you know, we have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, it turns around. It's circular. Come on. Yeah, we got to we got to talk more about it. Talk more. And then, of course, uh, Mary Ng was out there doing the announcement with him. She's the trade minister and uh, she's not even caught. She's not going to explain her association with a parliamentary witness name, which is on the Communist Party front. And she is one of four liberals who has, uh, I guess, endorsed the Confederation of Toronto, Toronto Chinese Canadian organizations. Han Dong, who still remains an MP, also is named on that. But she doesn't see she doesn't feel like she doesn't see the need to explain kind of like she doesn't see the need to pay back the money, uh, you know, after giving her bestia a contract for the, for the government. It's actually shocking, isn't it? Here was absolutely, as you said, Alex, a parliamentary testimony in a committee where a witness named a group, the Confederation of Toronto Chinese Canadian Organizations as a Communist Party front, says that that is being funded and organized in its origins through the Chinese consulate, stooge organization Watch for it, MPs were told. Who is really tight with that group? Well, as you mentioned, the Minister of Trade. Who else? Sean Chen. He's from Scarborough North. Han Dong, Don Valley North. 
Mr. Jahari, a liberal MP from Richmond Hill, he was in a bit of trouble mm. in his election last time. Prime Minister went to, to Richmond yeah. Hill, north of Toronto, twice, which was very unusual. Isn't that interesting? We contacted each of those MPs, no comment. As if that was an option, you were just named in a parliamentary hearing as a friend of a communist front group, and you thought no comment was an option. That's why House is in recess this week. It seems a little quiet, Alex. House is going to come back. They will order a public inquiry. That's they, These guys just made the case for a public inquiry, as if anyone had a doubt. Yeah, well, the Canadian public have made the case. I mean, it's overwhelming. No one is saying in the polling that we're seeing that anyone feels that, uh, you know, the election was turned on its head. But what they're consistently saying is we want answers. And it's not even a small number. Canadians want to know what happened. They want a public inquiry. Yeah, so. no, there's absolute clarity. And it has nothing to do, to do with feelings or Chinese-Canadian sensibilities. Uh, by the way, the parliamentary witness was Chinese-Canadian. Um, mm -hmm. And a Toronto filmmaker, uh, Hong Kong national, absolutely forthcoming and candid. What we're talking about here, in case anyone gets confused, and it's quite easy to get confused if you listen too closely to that's the what Minister they want. of Safety, that's what they want. Yeah. We're talking about felonies. This has nothing to do with treason. That comes later. We're talking about felonies. There were allegations that there were illegal campaign contributions. Alex, people have gone to jail for less in this country. They Robocalls sent choice. someone to jail for nine months. I mean, come Honest. on. I Honest. mean, Michael Sona went to jail for nine months for, for a robocall that sent people to the wrong uh, wrong poll. I mean, that 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 was, you know, uh, Dean Del Mastro went to jail for, for um, taking too many contributions. So, like, if, if people are thinking that should be a jailable offense, like you're talking about this, and I, I will point out to our listeners, Sam Cooper has just laid out a whole thread on money um, uh, and where it went in the Liberal Party from a number of players. So that kind of stuff is just going to continue to come out. Yeah, absolutely. They're very serious crimes. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Meanwhile, Krisha Freeland, she's got a, a budget to deliver. Uh, she's been very, very quiet uh, um, in the last couple of weeks. Having said that, uh, I guess they're going to focus on closing the uh, growing income gap. And so they're going to go after the extreme wealth, uh, you know, role that will play so well to the base. But um, it's not going to play to anyone. And it doesn't, the income gap is not really growing according to your findings with the Bank of Canada. It's ironic, isn't it? They import that, uh, I think, sort of, sort of discourse from the United States where there is a, a growing income gap. Guess what? We don't have that many plutocrats driving around wearing top hats smoking cigars in Canada. The Bank of Canada, uh, so this is, this is not the Fraser Institute, the Bank of Canada looked at this and said for the last 25 years, the income inequality gap has been stagnant. It's, it's the same. It is not changing. It is not growing. So there's this mythology that somehow if we could just soak the rich, that we could really solve a lot of problems in society. Turns out there aren't really that many plutocrats in Canada. We really are a nation of shopkeepers and farmers, proudly so. <laughs> Uh, but don't tell that to the majority on the Commons Finance Committee that pursue this, uh, this magic myth that somehow there's people out there, you know, movie stars and swimming pools, and if we could just get those people, if we could just get, that would be a worker's paradise. Not, not according to the Bank of Canada data. No, I know. Tax the rich. I'm like, we don't have enough in this country. No one's rich in this country. Meanwhile, our museums are too colonial, uh, Tom, so if you are looking to get educated, uh, do not go. They're too... too <laughs> 
too awful and colonial. I, I read this and I'm like, who comes up with this stuff? And it's a Canadian um, heritage, uh, you know. Canadian heritage, I know. You know, and even before the pandemic, museum revenues were tanking. This is like a conspiracy to bankrupt museums. They do. They want, <laughs> they want the kids to see more uh, content that doesn't reflect the mainstream. So I guess there's an LGBTQ uh, perspective on the settlement of the plains. I don't know what it would or, be. Or, I don't know where you can go with this. They want more equity and all the rest of it. And I'm like, well, babe, so we'll just rewrite the whole history so no one gets offended. I, it, again, I, and, and apparently they do want this overhaul. Yeah, or, or as a condition of subsidies. Ironically, we've quoted other data from the Department of Canadian Heritage that have estimated like up to two-thirds of museums are <laughs> face imminent closure due to crashing revenues. Because you know what? People don't go to museums. But if they do, I have a suggestion. I'm thinking of a, maybe a taxpayer exhibit. It could be mannequins mm. huddled around a campfire. <laughs> people, <laughs> you know, work with me on this one. I'm like, where are you going with this? I'm fascinated to see what we're going to learn. Oh, God help us. God help us all. And I'll just say, this is the same department that is in charge of uh, controlling our censorship bill that's coming out. So consider yourselves warned. Thank you very much, Tom. Very much appreciate it. We will chat again on Thursday. Thank you, Alex. Tom Gorski joining us here with Black Locks Reporter. So, yeah, I guess we'll see an overhaul in the museums. Coming up. All right. On the other side of this, we've got a whole bunch of stuff we'll dig into. Flavio Volpe is going to talk to us about this deal in uh, St. Thomas, Ontario, what it means, the implications. And we're going to talk about is the banking situation settled in the United States? Because it's not that Mr. Biden came to the rescue. A lot of people say, well, you caused the problem with your inflation. But uh, we'll talk about the ripple effects and then we'll talk about why it is we have to pay everybody to do business in this country and the astronomical amounts of money we are paying for people to do business in this country or companies. That and more in the 11 o'clock hour, your news top of the hour here on 640 Toronto.